0: Let's pray, shall we? So Father, we thank you that we can gather together this morning and get into your word. We thank you that your word's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. And Lord, we just want to receive from you this morning. So we just open our hearts to you in the spirit and just pray that God, you would just drop gems into our hearts, things that we can put into practice uh, so that we can be doers of your word and not hearers only, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Do you remember the days when you could travel overseas on an airplane uh, without COVID tests? Yeah, some of you do. Well, on one of the, uh, one of the flights I had overseas quite a number of years ago, uh, I was watching uh, one of the movies that they had. And uh, airlines have sanitized movies. I love those. You know, they take a lot of the swearing out and they take some of the scenes out. And it's just, uh, it's just really good. So one of the flights uh, that I was on, uh, I watched a film called... 50 First Dates, and it's a film starring Adam Sandler and Drew uh, Barrymore, and it's a really cute story. Basically, um, Adam Sandler is a a womanizer, and he goes into this uh, cafe in Hawaii, and he sees Drew Barrymore, and he sort of falls in love with her, and uh, wants to go out on a date with her, but what he doesn't realize is that a year before, Drew Barrymore was in an accident, and... As a result of the head injury that she uh, got in that accident, she wakes up every morning and can't remember the day before. So Adam Sandler has to figure out how he can woo this woman when every morning she's pushed the reset button and can't remember the day before. Well. In the end, they get married, and it's all good. But the the reality is uh, we can be a bit like that as well. We can forget a whole pile of things about God. Uh, We forget who God is, and we forget who we are in God. But God continues to woo us with his word and the Holy Spirit who constantly remind us of who he is and our part in his plans, and his purposes. So this morning, I want to continue the message that I preached a couple of weeks ago. uh, And I want to remind you that not only have we been created to know God, but God wants to flow through you and to bless others and see his kingdom extended. Amen? Why don't you turn to the person next to you and just say, God wants to bless you and bless others through you. (laughs) so in Luke chapter 5 we've got a great story of Jesus calling the disciples and so we're going to start on there and uh, I've got a few points that um, the Lord's given me that I trust will bless you so we're going to read Uh, it'll be on the screen behind me in the NIV version so one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret which is by the way the um, Sea of Galilee Okay? The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. I don't think there's a fisherman here at church that hasn't experienced a bad day fishing on a number of occasions. Would, would I be light there? Yeah. Uh, some of you are, are smiling at that. But the reality is we don't just have bad days fishing. Uh, we have bad days. Uh, we go through tough times and tough seasons in life. But interestingly, it's after the bad day when we're at our lowest points that I find God breaks through into our lives and blesses us. Often the edge of our next blessing will be that place of failure or that place of disappointment or that place where we've done everything that we thought we could do but get no results. It's there when I come to the end of myself that I find that that's the place that God steps in and blesses. Uh, It's after we have fished all night Caught nothing that God provides a miracle that we couldn't have achieved in our own strength. It's interesting that Lake Galilee uh, or the Lake of Gennesaret uh, is the place where Jesus did so many of his miracles. It's actually the lowest freshwater lake in the world. And it's at that low point that a life-changing miracle happens but we tend to forget when we're in the middle of a problem we often forget that God is for us and wants to bless us and he wants us to be successful in life jeremiah 29:11 Uh, God says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, There are lots and lots and lots of scriptures throughout the word where God demonstrates his nature, which is to bless his kids. Now, if you're a fisherman, success for you is catching fish. And Jesus gave these guys a huge, miraculous catch, not just to bless them and make them successful, but to reveal himself to them. If you're a businessman, God wants your business to do well. He wants you to make lots of money to finance the kingdom of God, to help the needy. God wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. If you're a teacher... God wants to bless you and make you successful and give you great insights into your kids. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants you to be able to have words of knowledge about your kids' lives. He wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing uh, to those kids. If you're a nurse, he wants to bless you so that patients will want to be looked after by you. And people will want to work with you because you act like Jesus to them. When I was sick up in hospital six years ago or so, man, it was so good to see Christian nurses there ministering, not just doing the physical stuff, but praying, praying through the uh, wards. Um, If you're a doctor, God wants to give you healing hands because he says that, Those that know him will lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Success is discovering what God has called you to do and doing it really well. But when we are going through difficult times, which all of us have, we tend to forget that God wants to bless us. We get so focused on the moment, so focused on the program, we forget that God is for us. And he wants to bless us. And that's the very time that we should expect a miracle. Just as Jesus chose the lowest freshwater lake to do many of his miracles, so he often chooses our lowest moments, our weakest places to do his greatest work. So if you're in a low place today, then the conditions are right for a miracle. God wants to bless you. But there's a catch. The catch is, when God tells you to do something, do it. So every Monday uh, that I get a chance, I go up and play golf up at Sherwood um, Park Golf Club. And about seven years ago, I was playing with a group of guys. There's um, four in a team. And one of the guys was a retired vet called Bruce Pickford. And um, Bruce is a great guy. And uh, we were standing on the ninth. He tees off. And um, Bruce slices his ball into the trees. And so we get up to his ball, and there it is, sitting at the foot of these big trees, and there are two big tree roots on either side of his ball. It's trapped. And so he looks at me, and he says, Okay, Reverend, what should I do? So I bowed my head, and I waited a few minutes, and then I said, Bruce, God says take a penalty drop. Now what that means is that you take the ball out, you move it one club length in any direction, and it costs you one stroke, but you get out of the problem. And he looked at me and he says, "Nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so he gets the club out, addresses the ball, whack. Well, he hit the ball all right, but it hit the tree root went straight up the trunk of the tree and landed in a tree fern and stayed up there. Well, we were killing ourselves laughing, eh? And uh, after we stopped rolling around on the fairway, uh, one of the other guys yells out to Bruce. He says, Bruce, see, when God tells you to do something, do it. I thought, wow. (laughs) Where did that come from, God? (laughs) That was pretty good. And that's the condition of blessing. We have to listen to God and obey. Uh, These fishermen have been out all night long. They caught nothing. They pulled their boat up. They were tired. They're cleaning the nets. Jesus sees them, gets into their boat, and he asks Simon to push out a little way from the shore. And Simon Peter said yes. He could have said, nah, I'm too busy We're too tired. Come back tomorrow. We want to clean up. We want to go home to bed. But he said yes to a little thing. Not realizing that when he said yes to the little thing, it released a whole series of circumstances that absolutely blessed and absolutely changed their lives. You see... Destiny is mainly discovered in the little things of life. And the little things will often lead you to other things. On a missions trip to Uganda a few years ago, I had the privilege of um, working with the Tumasemis, and they took me up to Jinja. Anyone been to Uganda? Been to? Ah, yes! (laughs) Okay, so Jinja... Uh, is the source of the River Nile, so the River Nile comes out from uh, Lake Victoria, and it's quite big. That's that's the outlet of Lake Victoria, and the start of the River Nile. And uh, I was amazed at how big it was, and uh, I thought, man, if I if I put something in here, will that end up <laughs> down through Egypt and and the like, and um, Then I thought, it's such a big river, but when baby Moses was floating down the Nile in a basket, it was the little currents that caused the basket to get caught up against the reeds. It was the little things, and it was there that Pharaoh's daughter found it changed Moses' destiny it's the little currents of the river of life that will lead us to our destiny not so often the big deal that we make about a lot of stuff it's most often the little things the little decisions that will change the direction of your life from peter's point of view here all he can see is can i use your boat he didn't see that Jesus was going to say, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. I mean, if the fishermen there had seen what was going to happen, all of the fishermen would have been lined up saying, here, take my boat. Take my boat. Here, get onto mine. But God very rarely shows you where things will lead you. He just asks you to be faithful and obey him in the little things. And he says, you know, if you're faithful in the little things, he can trust you to be faithful in much. Peter's destiny was actually discovered in saying yes to a simple question. Can I use your boat? Uh, Peter had no idea that when he said yes to Jesus, it would lead to seeing... Blind eyes open, deaf ears healed, people raised from the dead, uh, walking on water, seeing Moses and Elijah, seeing crowds fed with a few loaves and fishes. Peter had no idea what was to come. All he knew was that Jesus had asked for his boat, then asked him to go out into the deep and try again. You know, when you obey God in the little things, it's amazing where they will lead you. There's that scripture, Luke 16:10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And God will use the little things to test you and to trust you so that you become a candidate for the bigger things. Faith is saying yes to Jesus even when you don't know where it's going to lead you. It's pushing out into the deep just because Jesus asks you to. Many people equate Obedience to Jesus as obligation, and they make it sound as if it's a hard thing. But in my experience, and I've been a Christian for 50 years now, uh, obedience to Jesus isn't obligation. It's opportunity. It opens the door to blessing. It opens the door to our futures. Uh, We need to be people who will do that. Do whatever God asks us to do and keep on doing it. Many, many, many times I've sat down with Pastor Tark and we've talked about uh, how we came to the Lord during revival times. And when we gave our hearts to the Lord, it wasn't, hey, God, we will serve you if you do this and this and this for us. It was, God, here we are. We'll serve you. We'll do whatever you want. When we said yes to Jesus, it was, unconditionally yes if god had said at some stage hey i want you to go down to ekatahuna and start a work down there we would have done it we would have done it simply because god asks and that's what he is wanting from us sometimes in life though you can do the right thing and it seems like nothing happens anyone experience that I find that God comes to those who are consistently doing the right thing, week in, week out, regardless of whether they are seeing a lot of fruit or, or not. So in church ministry, I'm always looking out for the faithful ones because I know that if someone's faithful on the info desk or someone's faithful in ushering, if they're just faithful coming to prayer meetings, things like that, I know that if they're faithful in that, they can be trusted with a lot. I worship God, and when I worship, I sense God's presence. Brilliant. Great. But when I don't sense God's presence, I still worship Him. I still seek His face. I still serve Him. Someone once said, even when it's cloudy, the sun is still shining. I am going to serve and live for him regardless of anything else. I I give because I believe in giving. I believe in giving because I believe in God. I serve because it's the right thing to do. I attend church because that's what God's asked me to do. When the going gets tough, keep cleaning the nets. Keep preparing. Keep doing the things that you need to do each day and God will open doors of opportunity for you. Uh, We forget a lot of things, but often we forget that our future is in God's hands. We forget that destiny is about our future Not about our past. When I was at university, came to the Lord, I went through a time where I really blew it. Uh, In my actions, I went away from God. And I went through a time where I just couldn't sense God's presence. When I repented, I came back to the Lord, um, I still couldn't sense God's presence. I remember sitting, I'd gone for about a year like this. Absolutely no sense to the presence of God, no nothing, just absolutely locked up. I remember sitting in church one morning and I started to cry. And then I realized, hey, that's the first time I've cried in a year. Something broke, something broke, something broke. And from that time onwards, well, a year earlier, I had decided I was going to go hard out for God. My future wasn't based on my past mistakes. Often people limit themselves by their past. Every one of us has made mistakes. Every one of us has been unfruitful. And we carry the scars of past failures around with us. The enemy loves to remind us of our past, our mistakes, our inadequacies. He floods our minds with condemnation. But remember, we don't win the battle of the mind ...by constantly fighting against the lies of the enemy. We win the battle of the mind by filling our minds with the truth of God's word. Because when you fill your mind with the truth of God's word... ...there's no room for the enemy to get in and flood in. The enemy will tell you that your future is defined by your scars... ...by your failures by your regrets, by your shame. But God's word tells us that we aren't defined by our scars. We, we and our future are defined by Jesus' scars. And therefore, we are forgiven and we are loved. He took my scars for me to the cross. And so we can live out of forgiveness and love not failure and shame. His word says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to them in Christ Jesus. Fill your mind with the truth of God's word. And finally, uh, we forget that God requires our partnership. Jesus is Lord. He could have stood on the side of the water and said, hey, you fishermen, you've caught nothing all night. Let me get you some fish. Here, fish, come here. And a whole school of fish would have swum up onto the beach and laid themselves out. Surely God could do that. I said in the other service, you know, many times I've been out at the Hen and Chicks and seen the whole schools of Kauai and thinking, hey, Kauai, Uh, Or Trevelly, why don't you just jump into my boat? (laughs) Wouldn't that be good? (laughs) My faith hasn't been that uh, strong for that. Although, yeah, although one time, one time, I was with the family uh, when the boys were little and we were fishing at Bowentown at night and uh, Penny and the boys were in the cabin gone to sleep and uh, my boat was only 18 foot 6 in those days and I was on a stretcher across across the back of the boat and because we had the night lights on, it attracted lots of bait fish. And I got woken up in the middle of the night when a piper jumped on into the boat, on top, landed on top of me. Obviously, a, a kingfish had gone through the school, and they'd all scattered. And one poor piper had jumped up <laughs> and landed on me. That's the only time that I've had fish jump into the boat. But Jesus could have done that. He could have done that. But he didn't, because he actually works with us and through us. So the way Jesus met these fishermen was to say, hey, you guys go out. You do the natural thing. You row out into deep water. You put down the net. Uh, You do all the normal stuff. And because you are faithful and obedient, I will then do the supernatural stuff and help you. God blesses what we do. So give God something to bless. Our biggest enemy can often be ourselves, and that we don't actually believe that God can use us. Why would He use our boat? It's too old. It's too dirty. It's not very big. Uh, most of us say, "I'm just normal. I don't have what it takes. I'm just me. I, I can't witness. I, I'm not that smart. I'm not that good looking. I'm I'm not this. I'm not that. I've got a past. That's the enemy. That's the enemy." God says, you're a child of God. He says, make yourself available. Well, I don't deserve to be blessed. That's what Peter said after the miracle. He fell down at Jesus' feet and he said, I don't deserve this. And yet God is all the time saying, you are the one I want to use. All you have to do is be willing. God says, I have a destiny for you. I have dreams for you. Don't put yourself down. Just say yes. Christina, if you want to come up, please. When Peter said yes to Jesus, Jesus had already chosen him. Jesus was just waiting for Peter to become available. Jesus gave Peter the catch of a lifetime the catch of his dreams and as a result of Peter's blessing James and John got blessed but Peter and James and John all walked away from that miraculous catch they left it on the beach because they saw that Jesus and his plan for their life was far more important than boatloads of fish. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preaches and sees 3,000 people saved, revival in Jerusalem, which led to revival in Judea, Samaria. I don't think he's thinking, I wish I'd kept all those fish. You know, God doesn't ask everybody give up their jobs he asked these guys to though I was at a black power funeral when God said to me how many more young men will die before before you'll preach my word I didn't want to be a preacher I was actually scared of public speaking. Oh, I could I could talk in my technical field being a biotechnologist. I I lectured on water wastewater treatment uh, in the dairy industry. But anything outside of that? I couldn't do it. But when God calls you, He enables you. And he makes a way, he finds a way for you to work within the limitations or outside limitations actually of of who you are and who He's created you to be. You just have to trust Him. Moses, when he was at the burning bush, I was reading that the other day, and Moses was a stammerer. He, he couldn't speak. And I thought, hey, God, that's me. But he gave Moses Aaron to speak on his behalf. But Moses still did the miracles because God was working through him. God will find a way. If God calls you, he'll make a way if you give yourself afresh to him. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. We'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you believe that? Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. Some of you need to start believing that. Some of you need to start trusting God. Some of you need to give your lives afresh to the Lord because He wants to use you more than ever before. But it just takes us surrendering to Him. Long after the fish have gone, what's done for Jesus Christ will last. Peter's destiny changed when Peter said yes to Jesus' question. Can I use your boat?"